0: And so the next four weeks we're going to spend in the Psalms. And the Psalms are its a, actually an ancient songbook, book. And you find it in the Bible whereabouts, do you know? Anybody? Old or New Testament? Old. Thanks, Peg. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good sign, isn't it? It's from the Old Testament and it's a book of Psalms that um, people have sung in groups, the Israelites and Christians, and used in their prayers on their own for centuries. It's ancient, ancient wisdom about God and what it looks like to be God's person. And the four songs we're going to talk about in the next four weeks, especially talk about what does it look like to be the blessed person. And I don't know what you think of when you hear the word blessed. Maybe you think of hashtag blessed. You're on social media, if you ever look that up, you'll see lots of pictures of families and puppies and holidays. But when we talk about the blessed person in the Psalms, we're talking about a person who is happy because God is looking on them with favour and God has made their future secure. That is the blessed person in the Psalms. And so the Psalms go on to explore what might that person's life be like the person who is ha- finds happiness in God and his future is secure because of God. So Psalm 1 is the very first one that kind of sets the picture for the whole book. Now I want you to remember that when you read the Psalms, the Psalms are songs, they're actually poetry. So the language is a little bit different to whether you might read one of the letters in the New Testament or one of the stories. Um, uh, there are lots of pictures. There's also quite strong black and white um. Uh, language, And we see both of those things in this psalm. And the psalm says that the person who is blessed, first of all, doesn't do some things. Have a look, verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. That's building a picture, isn't it? The blessed person of God does not do these things. And maybe you think that's kind of obvious, that God's person would not be walking with the wicked. What does wicked bring to mind? Evil schemers. And in the Psalms, that's very much the way the language of the wicked uh, talks a lot about the wicked. Um, And the reason that the blessed person does not walk in the ways of the wicked, do the wrong things, uh, stand with sinners is because God hates sin. God hates evil. And we see it in the psalm later on, don't we? When it comes down to uh, verse 5, the wicked will not stand in judgment. The ways of the wicked leads to destruction. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to be judged by God. And so the blessed person will not do that. We're being reminded, we remind each other as we say this psalm, the blessed person of God will not walk, with the wicked, not do the wrong things, the things that are against God. Now, the thing about poetry is it makes it very stark, but when you're in real life, it's not so easy to work that out sometimes because the ways of the wicked and the ways of sin often we mistake for blessing. And in Psalm 53, or 73, sorry, the psalmist says there, I was jealous of the wicked, And maybe you'll understand this too. I was envious of the wicked because I saw how rich they are. They have no pangs. That is, they have no pain or problem until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. Good poetry. They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken. They do not suffer like the rest of humankind. That is what the psalmist sees when they look at the wicked. They see rich. Powerful people who have a lot of pleasure who get to call the shots and tell other people what to do and it looks like blessing. Sometimes we look around and we see people and we say why are they so blessed? Why are they so rich? Sometimes we can even see why do they have so much and yet they're really evil. They're doing bad things to other people. They are unjust. And God feels the same way. That's the good news in this psalm. Uh, But the reason that is, is because uh, the the wicked bring happiness. They may be very happy, but they bring the happiness to themselves. It's not a happiness that God has given them. He's allowed them to take what they want. He's allowed them to be ambitious. But usually it is to the detriment of another person. So, look, just imagine that I decide I would like to get really rich... I'd have to start thinking a lot about how I'm gonna do that. I might actually need to, I don't know, get a different job and uh, maybe I'll need to employ some people to do some work for me and I won't pay them very much. I'll uh, um, keep a lot of the money that we earn for me and I'll buy the things that I want. You see what I'm saying? It's this idea of bringing happiness upon yourself Um, at the cost of other people and that is the kind of picture that we have of the wicked in the Psalms and sometimes it's really on a global scale like talking about rulers and we even see that, don't we, today and in our recent history of the world that is what we mean when we're talking about the wicked and it's hard to tell sometimes what is sin and what is wicked because it looks like blessing but don't be mistaken because the blessed person is happy because of God and what God gives them so the blessed person does not do that and they will be judged, as it says, at the end of that psalm. And there's a picture that talks about the wicked. The wicked are like chaff that the wind blows away. Do you know what? I, some people say chaff and some people say chaff. I am going to say chaff. Okay. Chaff is the dried up plant. Maybe it was the beautiful flower in your garden. But as the summer went on, it dried up and it... Died, and then it blew away in the wind or you yanked it out and you stuck it in the green waste bin and put it on the curb. That's what the wicked are like. They have this kind of appearance of joy and pleasure now, but it's temporary. And the happiness, the blessing that God brings is permanent. It's about the future and it doesn't always look like having stuff or being popular or having power. There are other things. Well, enough of the don'ts. Let's have a look at what the blessed person does do, and it's in verse 2. The blessed person, excuse me, delights in the law of God and meditates on it day and night. I don't know if that's what you're expecting. Maybe you expect the blessed person to put their superhero cape on and go and smash all the evil regimes. That might be what you're expecting to hear after that little bit about the wicked. But actually, the thing that the blessed person does is a lot more quiet and almost passive, isn't it? What do you think it looks like to delight in the law of the Lord? And when we talk about the law, what we're really talking about is this. So... For the people who first had the Psalms, they really just had the first part of the Bible that we have, the Torah, and it was the stories of how God made the world, how God called Abraham and blessed Abraham and gave him many descendants and grew the people of Israel, and it's the story of their relationship with God and how God loves them, how God rescues them from Egypt, all that good stuff. That's The law that we're talking about here, the story of God, how God speaks, how God makes himself known to people, how God invites us to know him. That is what the blessed person delights in, this precious word that we have of God. And they meditate on it day and night. Now, meditation, that's a huge word, and you might have all kinds of thoughts about what that looks like and what that means. And we have a picture that kind of explains it. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. That's what the blessed person looks like. A tree, just standing there, but planted in the right place not like the dried up flower that blows away, but planted by a stream of water. And the stream of water is the word of God. And all through their life, they draw up. They draw from God's water, the water from God's word, and they grow strong. And what do they do? They bear fruit. This is a really common image, this agricultural image in the Bible of what it looks like to be blessed by God, a person whose life... Flourishes, has good things to offer other people not all the time it's in season sometimes it doesn't feel like that but their leaf does not wither they are sustained by these waters this word of God and whatever they do prospers might not always feel like that either but Remember, this is the blessing of God, and it's about a big picture, a whole picture of what He's doing and doing in your life. And it's actually a really wonderful picture to think about because it's it's quite rich, and you might actually want to meditate on that picture at some point during the week. But when I um, came to this summer a few years ago, I actually spent a few weeks in it, and I found myself drawing trees. Every, every time I sat down and started to doodle, it would be a tree with roots going into the water. And I would just keep asking God, help me to put my roots down deep and let your living waters feed me. And a, a kind of growing love for God's word came out of that for me. But I understand that sometimes it doesn't feel like that. It can be very dry to be the blessed person of God but I want to encourage you with this psalm to say God's word is precious. In 1 Peter, the letter, Peter's first letter, he says that the word of God is living and abiding, which means it lives, it's active, and it lives in us. So we might feel like hard work. Maybe it feels like hard work to love God's word and meditate on it day and night. It might sound like hard work, But the picture that we have in the Bible is that it's a much more restful thing. It's something that we do and that God does in us. And I won't explain it too much more than that because I think the idea of the picture is that you can draw from it all kinds of thoughts and share them with one another. Well, maybe you're wondering what will that look like for me? It's a nice picture of the tree, but actually I'm not really a tree and I'm not drawing water up through the roots. I'm reading the Bible. Well, as I read this psalm again this week, I started to change it a bit. Are you allowed to do that? Instead of saying the one, I found myself saying Jesus. And if you read the psalm again and you put Jesus in that place, you will have a picture of what it looks like to live this out. Blessed is Jesus who does not step, walk, walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Now, if you were to... I'm going to do this kind of quickly. But you could do this this week. Go through this up and start to draw to mind the stories that you know about Jesus. I'm thinking of Jesus in the desert, tempted by Satan to make bread out of stones, to get his happiness now because he can To take power and to rule the world because he can, but he doesn't because he's blessed by God and he's waiting on God. (coughs) Blessed is Jesus whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night. Kids, do you remember the one story we have of when Jesus was a child and he went missing? Have you ever gone missing from your parents? Yeah, the parents remember, the kids don't remember. Yes, and where did they find Jesus? Yes, thank you, in the temple. And what was he doing? He was talking to the temple people. He was sitting, talking to the religious leaders about the word of God. And when his parents said, where have you been? We've been looking for you for 24 hours. That's a long time, you know, if you're a parent, to look for your child. He said, didn't you know where I would be? I'm here in my father's house. Jesus was longing to be in his father's house, sitting and talking and meditating on the word of God as a child. I know Jesus is special, but we follow his pattern. And you kids are not too young to become like this tree. When you read the Bible with your parents, when you come to church and you talk with your leaders... And some of you who are starting to read already, draw this in. This is God's word to you. It's the way God wants you to know him and pray to him and ask him to help you and ask all your hard questions and don't give up and you will grow strong like a tree all your days in the water of God's word. And you can go on, can't you? Jesus is like the tree whose fruit yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. Whatever Jesus does prospers. Even Jesus on the cross, Jesus dying on the cross, is a picture of what? Pain, suffering, death, emptiness. No, it's a picture of God's love and grace towards us. And his resurrection is actually the pros- what prospers from his death. He is the first, the first fruit of those who will rise again. Jesus is the blessed one. And we follow in his pattern. We look to him. We meditate on psalms like this. We remember him. We ask him to help us to be like him by his grace and mercy to us. Well, I want to encourage you. I know some of you are struggling. <laughs> you struggle to read the Bible. You struggle to listen to me right now. You struggle in community group, whatever it is. But there are plenty of opportunities to feed on God's word. And I um, love the picture. Did you have, a, have you got this? This is another artwork by Sophia Stewart. And I asked her, you might know that I love her artwork. She's a Melbourne Indigenous Christian artist, she's a wonderful person. And I came across this image which is called Strong Communities, number two. Strong Communities, number two. Can you see what the picture is? What's in this picture? It's not just one tree, it's lots of trees that are shaped like people. And can you see down the bottom there's a river? Now, this picture is actually meant to be, or originally, about Indigenous communities and how strong they are, how they acknowledge the role of families and the role of elders and how they build themselves strong by the way they care for one another and look after one another. And so I just messaged Sophia this week and I said, do you mind if I use this and match it to Psalm 1? Because I look at this picture and I see our church and what our church can be if we plant ourselves as trees near the water, if we go deep into God's word and let him grow us and minister to us by his spirit and by his powerful word. And she said, I love it. Go for it. (laughs) Um, So that's good. And I don't know, you might want to look at that picture for a while too because I see kids in that picture. I see adults. I see men. I see women. I see all kinds of people doing this together. Let's do this together. Let's be committed to God's word, to loving it, to meditating on it, to pointing to each other to it, to struggling and wrestling with it together when we do, Um, and together walking along in sometimes what is hard when we see the wicked prosper, and as we wait for Jesus to come again, because one day we won't need this anymore, will we? We'll see Jesus face to face and we can we'll be openly there with him and that's going to be a glorious wonderful time but in the meantime God is being so gracious to us by giving us his word and his spirit to grow and encourage and to bless us let me pray we do thank you our heavenly father You are so gracious to us. You've revealed yourself to us in your word and by your spirit. And together we long to draw deeply from these good things that you give us and to be grown strong and faithful like Jesus. And we ask that you would continue to uh, show us your mercy and grace and abide with us as a community, and as your blessed people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.